Thank you for the dance. Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here again this evening to give our expressions of love and our adoration of our hearts to the worshipers of Jesus Christ. And I trust that this will be a great evening. If it was any more than last evening, I don't know whether we can stand it or not. Of all of my ministerial life, I never seen any more of a quick falling of the Spirit of God than I did last evening. I went completely numb, just went out. I looked down coming over the building and that light just spread the whole entire building and I tried to say something I couldn't say no more. And the next I noticed some ushers talking to me somewhere in which way the, the parking grounds are. Mr. Baxter, after he come in, I began to get to myself a little. And he said, Brother Brand, is the first time in my life that I ever was ever floored down like that. And I, just how wonderful that God was dealing with us. I've never been able, two or three nights I've been trying to do this, and I've packed it in my pocket. I want to express my thanks for the kindness and presence that people have sent me. And I appreciate anything that anyone does. When I first came in, there was a bunch, a bouquet of flowers, two of them sitting on the table, sent from the D-E-N-N-E-R-S dinners, I suppose, of the city. They're here tonight, they may not be. If they are, I want to express my thanks to you for those beautiful flowers, the dinners. And then the next was my boy gave me a letter which had a love offering in it, a five dollars that comes from uh, Brother F-A-N-D-R-E-S-K-Y. He said, I'd love to get my arms around and hug you. Well, Brother, that's a mutual feeling. I would sure like the same thing. And today, when my little boy, boy came in, he had two big jars of honey and two boxes of these red raspberries, I suppose they are. Well, I guess that you don't know how I appreciate it. I, I sure love honey. Uh, I love raspberries, too. Mix them together, and I really got them in there. One of the cutest little things that I ever seen was one day on a fishing trip in the mountains. I just loved the fishing hunt. And I was up in the mountains fishing. I'd had my tent. It was early spring, trout fishing, just trying to get away from the crowd for a little while. And I, I love pancakes. I guess I got a lot of fellow citizens on that. And so, you know, I was, I like to put honey on them. And one theory I still say that I'm a Baptist, I don't sprinkle them. I really pour it on them, so I have it covered all over, baptizing them. And, always take a large bucket of honey, you know, and one day coming around, I heard a noise, and there's been an old mother bear and her two cubs that got in my tent. They just tore it all to pieces. And I didn't have my camera, and the cutest little act is one of the little fellows run away with their mother. But the other little fellow sat there. He got the lid off that bucket of honey, and he'd take his paw and push down it like that, and then come up and just lick his hands, and he was mur he was honey from his feet to his head. Just a, he looked around, it was all in his eyes, you know, and he looked at me like that, you know. No condemnation to him. He just stuck his hand back down in the bucket and got some more. Uh, I thought that was just like an old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting. You don't care who's around as long as you got your hand in the honey. Is that right? <laughs> licking around. So no condemnation to them is licking, you know. He looked at they was sure having a grand time. Oh, I looked a little fellow, I laughed in my side curtain. I just walked away and I was out the bucket the honey to let him lick. <laughs> so I appreciate that very much. Uh, and we'll do justice to that honey in the morning. 
thank you very much. And now the services is awfully warm in here. And um, just got to hear just a portion of your broadcast as they come and got me. And it sure sounds lovely, the people playing and singing and those people on that, this thing here, uh, you know, I'm not very much a musician, but and on the organ and that trumpet or whatever what it was to play in, it was really pretty. All the Christian soldiers and all your voices blending in. I had to shed a little tear too because it just made my heart thrill to think that someday the saints of God will marching up to glory and to see that great time. Brother Baxter met me this afternoon said, Brother Branham, you're to preach for us tomorrow. Oh my. <laughs> I said, Brother Baxter, I can't preach. And he said, after a man like that being preaching, and he said, then he met me just a few minutes ago and said, the people like for you tell your life story tomorrow. So, well, I can do that, the grace of God. And I want to be here tomorrow afternoon around 2.30, I suppose. And I expect to see you all be just as quickly as I can. Bring the sinner and the, the unrepented out tomorrow so that I we can make an altar call and maybe God will give us many souls for his glory. Now, for just a portion of time, I, I want to read some of the word and then just pass a few comments and maybe give a testimony and try to get into the prayer line as quick as possible. And because they told me that Coming down tonight, they come and got me that the auditorium had been packed out since about 5 o'clock and someone said he was going to be here at 6 in the morning to see if they could get a seat up front. So uh, we're sorry we haven't any way to take care of any more. The far law just allows to have so many in here. But while we're here together, I know you've had a glorious time, but we should say amen and go home. It would be wonderful. But now, let's just, you and I, ask God and believe that God will answer our prayer. And let's ask God to heal this role of people through here tonight, everyone. I'm, when Brother Baxter came in and my boy was kind of talking to me, I could hear him in the distance last night and kept getting closer. I knew I was coming to myself and he said, Daddy, are you all right? I said, yes. I never will forget the first time the boy ever seen the angel of the Lord at the Vendale, Illinois. And I'd had a meeting and I'd made a challenge to the people. Just bring anybody you want to and let me have enough time with them. They'll, they'll be healed. And they brought me a blind boy, born blind. And I stayed with that boy about an hour and 40 minutes. And he walked off the platform with his sight. And he came back and he picked up my tie. So he, he said, Mother, is that what you, what color you call that? And the boy was born blind. And he was just so enthused and people screaming and going on. And when I went home that night, we was in the hotel. And I was been praying and I was almost asleep. And I woke up and I knew he was in the room. I couldn't tell from where he was coming. But I waited a few minutes and I knew it was coming over this way, coming across towards the bed. I got out of the bed, my brother and a little boy was next to me in another bed. And I felt it coming and I got out and I knelt down the floor and started praying. He got real close. I never heard no voice or nothing. I waited a little bit. He got closer. Then I kept speaking, what would the Lord have me to know? And a voice began to speak in the room and told me not to do that. Not to do that. And just my commission was to pray for the sick and not to do that. And then when I opened my eyes, there he was, just above the bed, whirling around and around. And I said, do you mind if my brother and little son could see you? And he never made any answer back. He's done leaving me, the anointing, I see it right off from me. And I kept my eye on him and he never answered me. So I thought maybe he didn't care. I picked up a pillow and threw it over on the bed and woke up my brother. He said, what do you want? I said, wake up Billy. He said, Billy, your dad wants you. And as soon as he looked back, he let out a scream and saw it. 
and he began screaming, and my little boy jumped over to bed, and he began hugging me around the neck, saying, Daddy, Daddy, don't let that get me, don't let that get me. I said, well, honey, that ain't what, that won't hurt you. I said, that's the angel of the Lord that leads Daddy. Billy's an orphan. His mother died when he was just about 18 months old, and he's a little orphan child. And I've been daddy and mother both to him. And sometimes in going away, the little fellow used to stand at the airport and cry and go on. He said, Daddy, don't leave me. He said, what have I got on earth but you? He said, Mother's gone and everything. And said, if, if something happens to you, what will happen to me? So that's not easy to leave your children like that. But Jesus said, whosoever will not forsake his everything and follow me, not worthy to be called my disciple. No matter what we do, we'll never be worthy to be that. But we like to do our part. So after that night, a little boy was consoling when he got to see the angel of the Lord for the first time. He never worried no more when I left. Now, a reading of the scripture for the text tonight is found in the second chapter of St. Luke. You would like to refer to it and would read with me. Uh, you know, God's word can fail, can it? And now, I tell you, dear Christian friend, the anointing of the angel of God is so strong, I can hardly look out over this audience. Now, that's right. And I don't like to see you like that right to the beginning. And I, I want to talk just a little while on the scripture. I wasn't aiming to do it, just give a testimony. But I'll try to talk just a moment. Listen to the reading, beginning at the 25th verse. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. Let's bow our heads. Father, as the hours are moving on, help us, Almighty God, to know your will. There are many gathered tonight. The building is hot. Oh, we believe the harvest is right. The fields are ready. Trust in thy sickle tonight, Lord. Reap. May the wine be brought from the grapes tonight, so each believer will become, as it were, drunk upon the Spirit of God, knowing nothing but the presence of God and His power, His redeeming blessings upon us to redeem us from our sickness, from our sins. Grant these blessings, Lord. And as thy servant has determined by thy grace it's possible to speak a few words. Help me, dear God, and may the Holy Spirit take the Word of God and plant it right into our heart where it belongs. And may, before the service is ended, may there be people over the floor everywhere. May the people be up off of these cots and stretchers. May the blind be laying their canes back. May the cripple lay down their canes and crutches and walk out. May those with heart trouble have it no more with the cancer. Lord, we thank you for your visit last night. And now, Lord, maybe a new, fresh group is in tonight. And I pray that you'll heal them, everyone, and make it manifested to them by the power of the resurrected Christ. For we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, the beloved Son of God. Amen. I quickly your undivided attention. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing of the word. If we say for a test, which it will not be, uh, I would say tonight, expectation. You know, usually you get what you expect, don't you? What you think you're going to, if you come to the meeting, you say, I believe I'll go down. There's something wrong with that kind of a meeting. I'm going down. I'll see what's wrong with it. You will. The devil will be sure that you see that. But if you come down to see what's good about it, God will show you what's good about it. If you come down saying, well, if I, I don't believe I'll get healed, I'll go down maybe see if I can get a prayer card, but if I don't, well, we won't. Well, that's just what you'll get, you see. And uh, it's whatever you expect. Don't you believe that? 
Uh, when you come, expect this. Let's expect this tonight. Let's expect a great outpouring again. I believe if God would repeat that again tonight, I don't know that he will. Twice I've asked him, I guess for the doctor told you the phenomenal of last night, and how that I never knew that angel Lord met me in the room. Now I asked him to do something outstanding. And a few nights ago I asked him if he would do something outstanding for us that night, and he did. He healed a, a woman that was deaf for years and taken a woman out of a wheelchair, and I forget what all he done. And now I'm asking again tonight to do something special for us. And last night I asked him, and I trust that my Heavenly Father won't be angry with me for asking these special blessings. For it's written in the Word, except you see signs or miracles, you won't believe. And we don't want to be classed among such people as that. Well, we're people who believe anyhow. See, we believe anyhow, and we want to accept it. Last night I wondered how there could be anyone left in the building that wasn't healed. Now, it may not be visible. Angels of God and visions appear before people, and sometimes it's not for everybody. Is that right? Look at the Magi's. They were the only ones that seen that star. It passed by every observatory, passed by all the stargazers, and everything passed out on by the spiritual people, passed out on over the temple, and no one saw it but the Magi. It was for them to see it. Do you believe they saw it? I do, for the Bible said they did, you see. And it could be possible that the angel of God could be visible to some and not visible to the others. For instance, one day one was baptizing. There was around 10,000 people, I guess, at the bank. And there was at least 7,000 of them that seen the angel of the Lord. And say the other 3,000 never saw it. They said, well, I didn't see that. Heard you holler and seen you raise your hand and everybody screaming, but I didn't see nothing. You see? And that's the way it was when the picture was taken. Hundreds and hundreds saw it. And others didn't. Some of them in the Bible times, it was the same way. It's today. God will reveal himself to those who are expecting him. The Magi were expecting to see the star of Jacob rise. They were from the east, and they'd listened to Balaam's prophecy, which said that there would be a star of Jacob rise, and they were looking for it. They were expecting it, and they were the ones who'd seen it. And how many in here at night is expecting to be healed tonight? Let's see your hands. Well, you're not going to be disappointed then. You just can't be disappointed if you're expecting it. If you're not expecting it, if you say, well, I'll wait maybe tomorrow afternoon, I'll get it tomorrow afternoon, well, that's when you'll get it. You say, oh, I don't know, if you don't come to me personally, I don't believe I'll get it. Well, that's, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you, is that right? A lady said not long ago, I went into a place to pray for a boy that had tuberculosis meningitis. He was dying. And the person said, oh, brother, Bram, said, Ma, I said, you get meningitis. He said, I run my children out, I give them back faith. I said, such faith as that would give them meningitis. <laughs> That's right. You must believe. All things are possible to him that believe. Be expecting God to deliver you. For he's promised it, and as soon as your faith can touch it, it's gone away. That's right. Now, I was, whatever you expect, that's what God will do. I was thinking of Simeon. In his day, he was an old man. We call him maybe in them days an old sage. He tried to pick him a long white beard. And he was a wonderful old saint of God. Now the Bible says the Holy Ghost was up on him. Do you believe that? Yes, you, you, the Holy Ghost is on him. Now, always, God has had someone who believes his word. Somebody's going to expect God to fulfill his word while others pass it by. Now, as it was in that day, so is it now. The church had gotten formal and got away from God, and they thought Jesus or Christ never would come, perhaps, maybe then many ages away. But just when they was expected to be way away, he was right at hand. Now, let's take this case now of Simeon. Now, he was a righteous old man. He believed that God was going to let him see the Christ before he saw death. Now, let's say he's 80-something years old. And then he, he had another witness there. Um, that was Anne, the prophetess at the temple. John the Baptist and Joseph and Mary and many of them. A remnant. God has always had a remnant somewhere. 
And he's got a remnant tonight. Don't you believe that? Now tonight, his, his remnant are composed of his body, his spiritual body here on earth. Baptized people into the body, making us the body of Christ. Now, that doesn't represent any certain church. It just represents all the baptized people of God into one body. By not one church, but by one spirit are we all baptized to one body and become members of the body of Christ. Now, in them days, I can see Simeon, the old man, walking along down the street and saying, Well, I'm going to see the Christ before I die. Could you imagine some of those scholars saying, Don't pay attention to the old fella. I believe he just... He's got old now, and his mind kind of went away from him, and the poor old fella, he's a good old man, but you know an old man like that isn't going to, why, we've looked for him for age, and look at the condition of the world today, why we know he isn't coming now, but Simeon had one reason that he believed that, the Holy Ghost revealed it to him. There's the thing, God had told Simeon that he wasn't going to see death until he had seen the Christ, and he believed what the Holy Ghost said was the truth. Now, can you do that? Now, the same Holy Ghost that led Simeon is the same Holy Ghost that's here tonight. There's not no two Holy Spirits, are there? Just one Holy Spirit. Now, look at him. Now, he had to believe something more than you believe. See, people are getting healed every night, every day, and all over the world, big healing campaigns everywhere. They're getting healed, but Jesus, or Christ, had never come to the earth. But it was prophesied that he would come, and Simeon had the promise of the Holy Spirit that he was going to see him. Now, the Bible said, I believe David said, when the deep calls to the deep. Now, if there's a, a deep of calling, there's a deep to respond to it somewhere. you believe that? In other words, like this, as I've often said, before there was a fin on a fish's back, there had to be a water first for him to use that fin or he wouldn't have the fin. Is that right? If there's a tree to grow in the earth, there has to be an earth first for it to grow in or there would be no tree. And then, the, I love nature. To look at nature and see the sunsets and the mountains, there's something in there that just calls out. Not long ago, I was sitting on the porch and wife and I, we were in a swing, swing, and the crowds had just got away. And small sand cranes flew across going down to the river, and they were calling, and a uh, lady come up, give me a little card about like, like that, had that sunset and evening star and one clear call for me. And I looked at those old cranes, and I said, look, God has fed them all day long out in the swamp. They're going down to the falls now to get with their kindred, and, and they're due for the night. Two little robins, my favorite birds, flew up and went into their nest. They fed their young all day long. God had provided for them. And at nighttime, he had a way provided for them to roost in safety. Now, I said, surely someday when life is ended, the sun of my life is setting in your life, God has a way somewhere. There's something that tells us there's something out there. The deep, calling to the deep. I read in the paper here not long ago where a little baby eat the pedals off of a bicycle, eat the rubbers off a pencil. The doctor said what it was, his little body needed sulfur, and he was eating that rubber because it was sulfur in the rubber. Now before he could have, he could have been any crave for that sulfur, there had to be something in here craving it, creating that desire, and if there's something here creating that desire, there's bound to be something out there to re respond to that, to that creator, creation. In other words, like this, as I say this, before you can have a desire, there has to be a creator to create that desire. Is that right? Before there is a creation, there has to be a creator. And how many of you believe that there in divine healing? Let's see your hand. All right. Now, if, thank you. If you believe and there's something in you that says there's healing somewhere, divine healing, there's bound to be a creator to create that desire. And as sure as there's a desire in your heart to be healed by divine healing, there's a fountain open somewhere. That's all. You couldn't have that desire unless there would be. Remember a long time ago when the church got formed and everything, the people began to crave more of God? 
The baptism of the Spirit come into existence. See, you are hungering and thirsting for more of God. And as long as you thirst for more of God, there's bound to be more of God somewhere to respond to that. If there's a deep calling, there's a deep to respond. See what I mean? Now, Simeon, he was the same way. He knew that there was a hunger in his heart. He knew that he had a promise for the Holy Ghost that he wasn't going to see death until he seen the Lord Christ. Now in them days, we didn't have press and radio as we have today. So Jesus, when he was born in Bethlehem of Judea, while there were shepherds uh, come out and worship and sang, and uh, the Magi's came and offered their presents and so forth, the news didn't scatter like it does now. But on the eighth day, according to the Jewish law, the woman had to come and offer the turtle dove for her, uh, and her offering for her cleansing, purification. Now, let's take a morning at the temple. Here's a man sitting there back in the prayer room somewhere. It's a busy morning. Maybe it was Monday morning. And everybody coming and going. Thousands of them, thousands. Well, probably in the three or four million Jews there was in Jerusalem and around Palestine at that time, there'd be probably as many as 50 to 100 babies born every night. Maybe more. Well, every morning, there'd be a line of mothers lined up here to offer their sacrifice and for their purification and offer the, the according to the law. And now, look, I see Simeon back in the temple. My, I can just notice him sitting back there, maybe reading the scripture. He had the promise now. And then, into the door, step. I'm so thankful my name's on her books tonight. Thank you. 
expecting to see him. There he was, the Holy Ghost leading him to it. For years we've expected gifts to be in the church. We've expected power to be in the church. And there's a strange night you people believe in divine healing that the Holy Ghost has led you here by the same candle. Across the street to go to the toddle house where we were eating, 
our breakfast and our meals. And just then, I felt the Holy Spirit. You believe in being led by the Spirit now? All right. Listen closely then. It said, turn this away. And I started to turn. Miss Morgan said, where are you going? My wife looked quickly and said, Spirit leads now. Just watch. Just follow you. And went down the street. I don't know where I went, but that's why I stopped and looked up at the Miller's Cafeteria. I went in. These people may be sitting here tonight for all I know. I went in. I got a cup of, I believe, of chocolate or something. Sat down to drink it. Miss Morgan, all of them, when we asked a blessing, I raised my head. I said something to my little girl. I seen a woman raise up. She said, bless God, bless God. I thought, Miss Morgan turned around and said, you're trapped in here now. I said, Mrs. Morgan, don't say that. Okay. I said, this is the Holy Spirit. This woman come over there and her hand. She said, Brother Benham, I'm from Texas. She said, my brother's dying of heart trouble. Said, we followed this in about eight or ten meetings that we've been into, and we've never been able to get a prayer card that was called into the line. And said, to get up here this time, we sold our cow. Because my, the doctor said my brother could only live a little while longer. The heart something in the diaphragm. Said he just got a few more weeks to live. And it was our last chance. Said we died to last night. We can't even get into the place anymore. And said I prayed all night long. And she said this morning, just about four o'clock in the morning, she said I had a dream. And in this dream, it told me to come down and find a place for the name of Miller's Cafeteria and to be here at 9 o'clock and my brother would be healed. I looked at my watch exactly at 9 o'clock. You know what took place? Yes, sir. And that boy was healed. I turned and got my hat and started out the door and people getting screaming. That cafeteria was alive in a few minutes. I started to walk out the door, said something a blessing to them. Started to walk out the door and a little woman, she was at San Bernardino a few weeks ago, to testify when just coming back from Brazil see her daughter, which is a missionary, and she fell down on the street and grabbed a hold of my legs like that. She said, oh, God. I picked her up and I said, what's the matter, sister? Meeting my wife, and then they started picking her up and said, what's the matter? And she was way big, malignant. Male brothers had turned her down. Her husband owns a spaghetti company here in Chicago, and she's a little woman. And she was all so swollen out. She said, Brother Branham, she said, it's my last chance. She said, oh, I've just prayed and cried. Said, males just turned me down. And there's nothing to be done about this. She said, I've taken radium. I've taken x-ray treatments and everything. And nothing to be done. And she said, this morning, just along about the break of day, she said, I was awake and I was looking out. And I went back to sleep again. Said, I dreamed a dream that I was to stand in front of Miller's cafeteria 10 minutes after 9 to be healed. <laughs> Went right on by. I thought, why is that? She went a little farther. 
I thought, well, that's strange. He told me to stand here by. Wonder why. Maybe she just caught the blessing and went by like that. A few moments she turned around and said, Oh, she said, Brother Bram. And she come back. She said, I don't, I'm beside myself. I said, I don't think so, sister. What's the matter? She said, I'm from Canada. I'm only allowed $150 a year to come over here. She said, I, I spent all my money. She said, I, I, I was in the hotel lobby and I had five cents for coffee this morning. She said, and I was on my road back to hitchhike back to Canada. So I couldn't get the lines and I was praying and said, something just turned me around and made me come up two or three blocks and walk across this way. Oh, my, there he is. I seen her holding her hand. I said, is it your arm, sister? She said, yes, I fell on a rock. I was riding a dog when I was a little girl, and I fell on a rock and hurt this arm like this. And while she was talking here, come on, coming out like that, she began screaming and top of her voice. That big cop said, I don't know who you are, Brother Ram. You talk about a prayer line. We had to walk down the street there for a while. The people standing, moving. Oh, how marvelous. Here not long ago, I was coming from Dallas, Texas in the spring. And I thought, I was flying back and I was grounded at Memphis, right where my, uh, I had be one night on the 5th at Memphis, Tennessee. I was grounded there and they put me up there in that, I believe the Peabody Hotel is called, it's a very nice place. Myself, I couldn't afford to go in it, but uh, uh, the airline sent me up there. I remember that morning they called me, said, now the plane will leave at 8 o'clock, Reverend Brown said, they'll be about to pick you up. I said, yes, sir. And I've got my letters ready and it's going down the mail the letters. Listen closely, I'm going to close in a minute. Now I thought, oh my, I'll go down and mail these letters. And I got out and started down the street, trying to find the post office. And I was walking down the street singing that little Pentecostal song. Let's see, telling Nalbor for him why his power is just the same. I'm glad I can say I'm one of them. Brother Ryan, you remember when you used to sing it? And then, well, you go and sing that little song. And after a while, I felt something going. back up behind a great big column there and I said, Heavenly Father, what would you have your servant do? They kept going. I was real still in it and I heard a deep voice say, turn, go back. Well, I turned and went walking back down the street. I walked and I walked on past the hotel on down to South Memphis, just walking on and on. The sun was way high then. The sun was up and it's a beautiful spring morning, the fragrance of the flowers and the, and the air, the perfume there. And I thought, how beautiful. I was going walking along. And I thought, Lord, I don't know you said walk. Here I am. I'm walking. I kept on walking, 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 walked out to the side of Memphis. Now I remember going down a little hill towards where a little creek of a thing ran through this way, a little tributary there at the river of some kind. I went walking down through there. There's a little old whitewashed hut down there. A lot of colored people live down that way. I was walking down through there singing, humming to myself, only believe, only believe. They said, you're going to miss your plane. I said, I'll walk. All things are possible. Don't let him tell you a lie. He's a liar. When God's believing, you go do what God said do. Yes, sir. He tells you, he'll believe it. And you start walking on. And he kept on like that, singing, only believe me. I was noticing, leaning across the gate like this, there was a typical old Aunt Mama, great, big, heavy-set colored woman with a man's shirt tied around her head. She was leaning out across there. I kind of quit singing, humming when I was far as that wall from her. I just went walking on by, and when I got there, she kind of looked at me and laughed, and those big white teeth showed her tears, sweet face like that. She said, good morning, Parson. I turned, now Parson means minister or reverend down in the south. I said, good morning, Parson. I looked around, I said, good morning, Andy. I said, say, how'd you know I was a Parson? She smiled, wiped her eyes. I thought, here it is, something's going on, I can feel the spirit. I'd walk far enough in, smile. And I think about my heart leaps. I turned around. I said, how'd you know I was a parson? She said, Parson, did you ever read in the Bible about that Shunammite woman that had that baby by promise? I said, yes, Andy, I've read that many times. I preached on it not long ago. She said, I was that kind of woman too. 
And I told the Lord, if you give me a child, I'd raise it for him. I said, Parson, the Lord give me a boy, and I'll raise him until he's in his teens. So he took the road strong, got out with his bad company. So he's laying here dying now. He caught a bad disease. And the doctors came to him for him. So they gave him all kinds of shots. But said, he's a backslider. And said, he's laying here dying. He said, he'd been unconscious that day before yesterday. And said, he don't know nothing. He thinks he's out in a big deep sea somewhere cold. And said, Parson, it just breaks my heart to see my boy die like that. And said, I, I want him saved. And said, I prayed all night. And I said, Lord, you give me that baby. But, but where is Elisha? He said, now, Lord, will you help me? Don't let my baby die like this. And said, and the Lord told me this morning that I kind of fell asleep there in my chair. And I dreamed that I had to come out here and stand this gate. And I'd see a man come and dress like you is. <laughs> You know how it makes you feel. I said, Andy, my name is Branham. Did you ever hear of me before? She said, no, sir. I never heard of you. Oh, uh, I said, Andy, I pray for the sick. She said, do you? I said, I said, can I come in to see your voice? She said, sure, Parson. And would you raise that little old gate back with a chain on it and a plow point for a weight, for a weight behind it? I've went into King's palaces. I went into big fine home. Well, I never was more welcome than it was when I walked in that little gate that morning under that truffle. She walked just as happy. She knew something had to happen. God was on both ends of the line. <laughs> so I walked into the room. First thing up on there was a little old sign, God bless our home. A little old chunk stove that we call it in the south, sitting there in a little poster bed. There was a great big stout-looking boy, about 180 pounds, around 17, 18 years old, laying there with a blanket and tangled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that. He said, it's so cold, Mama. Mm-hmm. She patted him. She said, Mama's baby. I thought right then of motherly love. No matter what he'd done, how much disgrace, it was mother's still baby. She kissed him on his forehead. I thought, if the love of a mother can go like that, what will the love of God do? When he said a mother may forget her suffering babe, but I'll never forget you. I think amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Then, while she was over her boy there, I said, Andy, let's pray. She never said anything about his healing. She wanted to be saved. And so before he went, she wanted to have a witness that he was saved. And that old saint got down on the floor. I couldn't pray. Hear her pray. Oh, my. She opened up that heart and the tears rolling down her cheeks. She said, Lord, if you just let him tell me that him going to be with, with Jesus, that I'll be happy. And like that, and I just knelt there and held my head down and cried like a baby. And a few moments, she raised up and she said, thank you, Lord. And she went over, she said, Mommy's baby, pat it like that, and I felt his feet just as cold as it could be. Death was on the boy. He said, I said, does it? He said, he don't know. I said, I spoke to the boy. I said, how you feeling now, young man? And he just kept going, mm-hmm. He said, he don't know where he's at, Parson. He ain't been conscious for two days now. And I said, let's pray again, sister. And we knelt on the floor. And I said, Heavenly Father, Somehow another life, not a storm came up and you grounded the plane. Don't you believe all things work together for the good? I got on my road home to the meeting. I said, you grounded the plane, and this morning when the sun was shining, I know the hours have passed the time now for it to leave, but somehow you led me down this way. I don't understand, but I'm putting my hands on this boy in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, and asking for his life to be spared. And if no more of the prayer had been made, I heard him going, mm-hmm. oh, Mama. <laughs> she raised up there, what a mama, baby, won't. The mama's getting light in the room. <laughs> getting light in the room. She began crying. I raised up my hands, begin to offer praise. Up off the bed comes that big, healthy boy, restored to his 
normal conditions. A few months after that, I was passing through on a train. I stopped in to get something to eat. I heard something about her. Carson Burnham! He was pulling one of these little old carts around like that down there at the station working. He run, grabbed the whole hand and said, you remember me? And I said, no, I don't. He said, I was the boy you come to that morning if the Lord led you down when Mammy was praying. Says, Parson Graham, I'm perfectly whole now, and I'm a Christian now. Christian. Oh, brother. And you know what? That train never left. Something happened to it. It was about an hour late, and I got on the train and got home in time anyhow. Get to the Jordan, 
I expect to see two glossy wings of the Holy Ghost reach across there. Bear our weary souls to a better land. So that time may we live faithful to him who is faithful to his word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. All have faith in God. All believe in God. No one doubt God. But only believe. All right, now I don't know what to do. I'm asking my minister, brother, just stay here where you are. I want you to help me tonight. Will you do it? These men are ordained of God. They publicly come out here before the city like this to show themselves that they believe in divine healing in Jesus Christ. And they're just as much ordained to pray for the sick as anybody else there is in the world to pray for the sick. Your pastor has the same right to pray. Even the lay members have a right to pray. Is that right? Confess your fault one to another and pray one for the other. Everyone has the right to believe in divine healing to pray for the sick. The only thing is just your faith to mount up. I don't know what the Holy Spirit, I've asked him to bless us. I believe he'll do it. Are you going to believe with me now? You're going to expect him to do it? And everyone's here reverent. Let's call a little prayer line and get started. We'll call a few and up somewhere in the line. And then we'll... And I want some of the other people. We just don't know what the Lord's going to do for us tonight. I tell you, coming over here tonight, I just said, Lord, I commit it to you. And when I got here, all these pastors was up on the platform. Brother Baxter said, Brother Ben, there's not a way in the world for that man to stand anywhere. But every person can be stood in is stood and has turned away since early in the afternoon or the evening and said, there's nowhere. And just then the Holy Spirit revealed something to me. I said, leave them brothers right where they are. It's not as I don't want my brothers here, but you're, they're believers. You're believers, and some of them are needing healing, too. That's right. And when it's coming crossways this way, it mixes me up. You see what I mean? It's mixing me up. And when I turn sideways, if I turn the patient this way, there's no neat way of turning the patient to get out. Did you ever turn a radio on about three or four stations trying to come in at the same time? That's the same thing when I feel the moving. Those are demon powers. Not demon of your soul, demon of your body. But the bastards explained all that to you. And when they come against that, I just, they fear. And if you notice, one here will be healed of something, and then a kindred spirit and sympathy out there will be scared and take all the person. Have you seen that take place? Sure, they know when they're whipped. You can't fool them. Some morning the other night, I was at a place where they said they had a healing meeting. And some men in the center stomping and kicking the platform hard said, devil, come out of it, devil. Now, he don't care how much you cut up. That ain't going to bother him. You can't scare him. There's only one thing will move him. That's true divine faith in Christ. That'll take him right now. He's free to that. That's right. When you really got the blood of Christ behind you, backing your faith up, moving up like that, he'll move away. He recognizes it. All right, now everyone be reverent. Where's Billy? All right, did you get, or get what prayer cards did you get? Z, how far? 51 to 100. Let's take just about 10. Let's take uh, 90 to 100. Get 90 to 100 and Z, 90 to 100. Line up here according to your cards right away. Now, how many in here hasn't got prayer cards? Let's see your hands. Oh, that's good, the front line here. That's the way. I'm glad you're here. Now you sit there, so how many down in the audience down here? Have you got prayer cards? Very few. Just now and then. All right. Now somebody look at prayer cards and see if, they, if they've got that hundred. Uh, I'll go for that. Oh, 90, 90 to 100, yeah. 90 to 100. See if somebody danced, they wouldn't be able to hear. And look at the, the one next to you and see if they got their card lined right. I'm just a little late, but I'm going to try to you pray for me because I'm pray for me, brother. It's hard to be preaching when someone like that's out and, and 
excuse me, audience, for speaking tonight like I have. I took up a lot of your time. But I just love you so much. I had to have a few words to say to you before leaving on the gospel. It's kind of hard when you're speaking like that and then go right back into anointing of this other. It's, it's a different feeling in everything. It isn't like speaking or something. But I pray that God will bless each one of you now. I'll give you how many go to believe with all your heart now? How many of you just keep your hand up and say, I like this, Brother Branham, I'm holding on to God to answer your prayer tonight. Are you doing that? All right. You do that? That's solid almost, I'd say, 100%. Something's got to happen. Brother, sister, I've said this, and I'm going to say this before the anointing comes down on me. Don't pay attention where I'm acting up here, because that's, that's just a... Uh, you're not in this world at that time. I know where I'm at, but I don't know what I'm saying or doing most of the time. Listen, the angel of God told me if you get the people to believe you, and then be sincere when you pray, there's nothing will stand before your prayer. And I said, sir, they won't believe me. I'm uneducated. He said, you'll be given two signs. And he told me what the signs is. You understand. He said, when this is done, they'll, they'll believe then. And then after those signs is done, which is infallible, is it the truth? It is the truth. All right. Then you've accepted it. Now, upon that basis, anything can happen. Hear me? Anything can happen. Don't you pay attention to any senses. Don't you pay attention to any, any doubts or or any mechanical thing, you listen to the Holy Spirit tonight. And if you will do that, and do just as I tell you to do, you will see the glory of God. I'm saying that to you down here, too. I'm saying to every one of you, believe and be in prayer, and accept Jesus Christ as your healer, and say to God that you're go you believe that you're going to be healed. God's going to make you well tonight. And you shall receive what you've asked for. All right. Everything ready. All right, bring, bring the man. How do you do, sir? I'm going to try to get that around so that the people are... That uh, out there in the audience will be able to hear. You'll check that for me, time, Brother Baxter. Now, my brethren, I want you all back here with one accord to believe. You don't have to keep your head down as I am, but I, I want you to believe me. I'm here representing the same gospel that you preached all these years. And you, brethren, some of you here age man to me, and you, back when I was a little boy, you were preaching this gospel and contending for it, and now I'm just merely running the road that you paid. That's all. If there's any credit, if Jesus would come tonight, I'd be happy to step back and let you all go in. For I believe you will do it before me, because I'm just running over the road that you all have paid. Now you pray for me. And yeah, as the people are here, I'm trying, this is the first time I've ever done this, about first or second time, as I remember, of trying to have the spirit of discernment uh, while they're trying, you understand me, brother, it's from both sides to see it like that. All right. I believe with all your heart, Mr. Aren't you coming? Are you, that's all right, just so I can talk to you just a little bit. And now, I suppose, we, as far as I know, we're strangers in the I don't I've seen you before in Fort Wayne, but that's all. Well, you was at the Fort Wayne meeting. I was in the Fort Wayne meeting, yeah. I didn't get in the, in the no, road. No, I wasn't. I'm just going to talk to you just a little bit. Because of the, that's just the contact you see in the spirit. Now, that was a wonderful meeting, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was marvelous. That's for the only time that I know of at the, at the um, I believe the, that paper called We the People, that famous book, 
If uh, that meeting went in at the night that a little blind girl was healed at the platform, the assemblies of God people, it was in your papers and so forth, when the, a little blind girl came up and then the papers rolled around there that she could not see after she was prayed for and her father went down to the, the place and brought the child and proved it and everything when I took the little girl aside and the blind spirit was cast away from her. Was anybody there that night when it happened? Yeah, there's hands, there's somebody waving back in there, that's right everywhere. It was a marvelous time. The little girl was had a stomach trouble and lots wrong with her and it appeared. How many assembly of God people take that what is their paper? Evangel. How many read that article in the Evangel? Let's see your the Pentecostal people take the Pentecostal Evangel. Yeah, there's several hands around. That read the article. And that was in We the People. International book this year. Now, on that, you will send it. In that meeting, signs and wonders were done, wasn't it? And I believe in that meeting I testified about being over, going overseas and that dear boy being raised from the dead somewhere. You know, I remember that. Folks, you remember that. That was about right on a year.